I-C-K-B-A-C-K, the kickback. We live in effect with Reek Reek, Bree Bree, and your boy E-B. Let's have fun. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you are listening to us. Welcome to the kickback. We are delighted that you decided to join us for today's episode. You know you enjoy this. You know you enjoy a good time with us. And guess what? We got EB back. I know y'all was missing him last episode. He's back with us. Yes. EB, would you ever camp outside, Nope? <laughs> would I ever camp outside? Maybe. Okay. Where am I at? Like, if I'm in the woods somewhere? No. If I'm out in the jungle? <laughs> Possibly when I say jungle, Wait, I mean what? like listen, 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 Linda, okay, listen, Linda. <laughs> so when I say in the jungle, I mean like kind of like similar to what we did in our trip to Tanzania. We were like outside in the safari, then we was in a cabin. But I think I probably could have squeezed it in and say, Hey, me and the homies, we out here. Cause again, in my mind, I know I would not be the last person um if an animal were to come out of nowhere. Like, I feel like you got to remember animals and stuff, they have their appetite. So it's not like <laughs> one lion is not eating five or six people. That doesn't happen. They eat, they one, that person died. And now I go back to tell the story of what happened. Um, if I'm outside of my backyard, I would. Right. Um, okay. I feel like that's mm-hmm. somewhat normal. I know my surroundings, except for today. I was with some of our pastors. Shout out to Jeff and Sheena. Jeff told me he listens sometimes, but he don't listen to every episode because he sees the time and say, I don't have an hour, 15 minutes. and I don't <laughs> want to stop. Um, but I like you can fast forward it or you can listen to half now and listen to half later. But he'll like, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to just sit through it. And he told us a story of like a rattlesnake in the back of his yard. Like, it'll be like, Mm-mm. whoa. So, you know, those type of moments. Yeah. In Florida, you see, like people be wild. So I'm like, for me, I'm like, mm, it, it's sometimes you'll just have to think about it. But overall, yes, I would camp or I would be I would engage in camping. But it's not my go to. I like my bed. I like hotels. I like indoors. <laughs> I, I okay, but EB, the jungle versus the woods. What is the difference to you? Why would you go for jungle versus the woods? In the jungle, there's like God's in my mind. This is God's creation and all outdoorsy. And again, it's me and other people where I won't be the last person. Um, excuse some of my little my listeners. Excuse some of our listeners. But in the woods, it's crazy white people. White people be in the woods. Listen, I'm not going <laughs> to creation too. Hey, for the white I, people. I, I can't take it anymore. Sharika <laughs> came last week for the dredge. You're coming for them in the woods. They be in the <laughs> woods. They live in the woods. <laughs> yeah, like how many times y'all seen a, a, a black person walk out of the woods somewhere? You be riding down highways in Florida, you just see random folks and they don't look like us three. I'm just like, what's good? Like nothing in there. Why are you there? Um, but nah, it's just the woods. I feel like I think because of, and the jungle is similar, but the jungle is not just all woods. Like you, it's a lot of plain ground and you know what's going on. But the when I think of woods, I think of a wooded area or like a forest type. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense of direction for me, at least, on which way to go. So if something were to happen, I might be running deeper into the woods without realizing it or knowing it. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the jungle, I would have more of a sense of awareness or I'll come to some form of playing ground a little quicker. Like, I'm not talking about Tarzan jungle, but like when I think <laughs> of woods, I think of like a wooded area and I'm like, I can run five miles this way and still be in the same wooded area. So that's when I think of woods, that's what comes to mind for me. Oh. Also, quick story. Um, and one of the reasons why I don't really care for or like surprises, but shout out the second, well, I don't say shout out, this is nothing to shout out actually. In second grade, <laughs> Um, we were in Inwood. It's a little wooded area next to a swamp. 
um, 34th Street and Avenue X, for those of you who know where it's at in Inwood, around that Avenue X, Avenue T area, right by the Cooper's um, storage or right by the Jeho Jehovah Witness Church. And I remember one of my friends as we were riding bikes said, hey, I got a surprise to show you. And when we went through the woods, it was literally a body beginning to decompose right there of a dead person. So when I think of woods at times, that naturally pops into my head of like, I remember me and Jeremiah, me and Jeremiah, right, second grade, like leaving school. And that's what we saw. Only to find out a person who basically committed suicide in the wood um, or allegedly committed suicide in the wood. And that's what we saw as kids talking about like seven, eight years old. So when I think of woods again, that's what pops up in my mind. That is actually justifiable that you don't want to be there. Yeah. Honestly, after listening to you, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Me either. That is wild. I brought that up just to say maybe in the future we could run another After Dark episode when all of us are camping, but I'm thinking maybe not. Listen, <laughs> like Evie said, like I'll do a little uh, a camping light situation. I don't know if I'm full, you know, I got to maybe work my way up to a full situation, but camping light. Like he said, you can you in the backyard, you can go to the inside bathroom, those type of situations. But um, I when I think of jungle, the reason why I was like, why the not you probably had real life jungle experience. I never been to the jungle. I just think of like naked and afraid. That's when I think of the jungle. That is what I'm thinking of, like naked and afraid, snakes hanging around and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I I might take my chances in the woods. They're not there, but either one sounds pretty awful to me, honestly. Freak over here thinking of Mowgli and the Jungle Book. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's, exactly. Like that. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, Snakes hanging down from the trees. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, Lions and, and um, what is the the black lion, tigers, and bears? Panthers, whatever those are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whatever those things are, I'm just like uh. I feel like I'd be a little better off in the woods, but either way, I'm just not really interested in either, to be honest. What, how are we doing? How are we feeling? What's our temp like? Uh, what's the perfect spring day? Summer is always too hot. Um, I love seasons and I, I don't live in a place that has all these seasons. I can't wait until I can do that again in my life at some point, but I love a good spring day. My song, I gotta hit you guys with the Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. Aww. That's just my energy. I had a birthday this past week and it was just so nice being with my friends. And every time I hear that song, I'm just like, life is so great. And I love the line that says, if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, well, you would see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card would say, thank you, Sharika and Gita and the Stickney twins and Flo and Maggie. And I shouldn't even start saying names. So now someone's going to be like, you didn't say my name, but you know that I love you. Thank you for like, being Becca, Lori, let me help you out, friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all of you guys who could come, who couldn't come, I'm just really blessed to have family, friends that are like family mm -hmm. in my life. I'm thankful for my actual family. My mom called me that morning and I love, mm. my mom's like my little best friend. I love talking to her. My sister called me and she had her kids, which by the way, her little five-year-old, um, the vocals are there. So Ooh, I'm like, okay. 
he sang happy birthday and it was not the kid's version. So I was like, listen, you can actually carry a tune. Uh, the three-year-old, all she said was bye when I got off the phone because she wasn't here for it. And that's fine. Uh, but yeah, just, and my brother sent me a video. So I just feel very, very happy. And I just want to thank God for 33 years. I want to thank my friends and yeah, I'm just really, really happy traveling down the road and back again with my friends whose hearts are true, my pals. I'm going to save you, friend, and Doug. Obviously, I was thinking of all the girls because I had kind of like a slumber party situation. So I didn't listen. Now, I have some great male friends, friends I've had for over 16 years. Patrick and AJ and like I said, I shouldn't even start on the names. But no, I just don't want these people coming for you saying she didn't even thank her husband. She that's a given, y'all. Yeah, don't come for her like that's that. Not saying I didn't thank God, but I actually did thank God because you know I'm that's one name I'm not gonna Uh Doug was Doug was everything. He was doing all the birthday errands. When I came home, he had the sparkling white grape juice on the little uh foot thing that you put in front of the couch and the plantain chips because he knows the way to my heart. So mm-hmm. thank you, Doug. Oh, and his mom Barb. See, now this is turning to a whole shout-out situation. But my mother-in-law, people talk about monsters-in-law, and maybe we should have an episode one day where we talk about mothers-in-law. My mother-in-law is amazing. It's just positive vibes. She let us use her patio, her pool. She's just so chill. And from the very first day that I met her, it's just been positive energy. So thank you, Barb and Dave, because you know Dave be out there, Doug's dad, and the whole Kemper clan, which I'm a part of. Maybe I shouldn't have said clan because they got caves in their name. I was just thinking uh, that. I, like, just, I wasn't going to say nothing. That's like KK, Kemper clan. Like, that's close to clan. another clan. Let's just go, Evie. How are, how are you feeling? <laughs> I am feeling good. Another day in paradise. You already know how it is with me. Um, I would say if I had to put a degree on it, it's anywhere between 85 and 90 with a little bit of sunshine, with moderate clouds out, um, as the meteorologists would say. And um, the song that I have in my mind right now, shout out to DJ Khaled, or as some would say, Khalid. Um, He got a new album out with some dope people on there, a little bit of all the artists that you would want to think of. How do you get Lil Wayne, The Baby, Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B, Jay-Z, Nas, all these people on one album. But he did it. And he did something that is very, very impossible for a lot of people to do or for a lot of people to try to make happen um, in the past, I would say, 20 to 25 years. He was able to get Nas and Jay-Z on one song called Sorry, Not Sorry. Um, And so that's what um, that's like somewhat of my theme song, I would say, a little bit right now. And, you know, you got Jay-Z just doing what Jay-Z does. He's going to find a way to talk about how he's making the bees, the billions. He's going to make sure he shout out to his beautiful wife with the word that start with a B, Beyonce. And then he's going to say, I'm a project baby. What do y'all expect from me? Technically, America's disrespect for me. You mm-hmm. killed Christ. You created religion unexpectedly. And then he goes on to say how he's just making these bands. That's a light lunch to him mm-hmm. or whatnot. And he continues with a lot of other stuff within the song. Um, But that's how I'm feeling. Sorry, not sorry. So if you hear something, especially on today's pod of what we'll be discussing, sorry, not sorry. How about you, Sharika? How you feeling? Oh, guys. I'm feeling good. I was just trying to think, how am I feeling? Sometimes, listen, check in with yourself and see how you are feeling. I think I'm doing well. 
I have zero complaints. Well, you know what? I have lots of complaints, but there's always going to be something to complain about. So I'm going to say I really have, but in, in, in all, all honesty, I really have zero complaints. I'm sitting here in a state of gratitude, um, just grateful for all kinds of things. Um, my temp would be 75. Um, just nice, nice day where it's just, it's, it's fine. You know, you're not, it's no clouds, no rain. And um, my song would be um, John Legend. I love John Legend. He's great. But the song is Conversations in the Dark. And um, just because sometimes you just want to chill with your boo and just be having conversations in the dark, nothing crazy, just, just, it's, Serena's giving me the eyes. Oh my, I wasn't okay, meaning that's it like. calling it now, conversations no! in the dark. I, that's it. like when you're chilling and just, where I'm, it can be conversations in the day, in the light. I'm not talking, <laughs> I really just. Like, hey. <laughs> No, seriously. So, Sharika, E.B., y'all be having conversations in the dark because Doug be falling asleep in an instant and the blue. I, I meant just like when you're just literally chilling, like even on the couch or whatever, y'all just be just taking in a relax or just just having like I random conversations. I get it. Um, but I'd be Doug. I'd be the one to be like straight. When my head, my head is as it's hitting the pillow is uh, my, I'm, uh, my eyes is closed. I'm already halfway asleep. I'm that, I am that one that just be sleep real quick. But I, I love that song. It's been like on repeat in my mind. I don't know why, but but just that vibe of just chilling with the one you love, just, just having just the time of your life. And that's what I feel like I'm at. Just chilling with the one I love, having the time of my life. And so that is my song. And that is my temp. Love it, friend. Who's invited to the kickback today? I'm going to invite my girl, Erica Campbell. She's a part of the group called Mary Mary. And some people may not know, but they're two sisters. Their names are not Mary and Mary. Their names are Erica and Tina. But I wanted to talk about Erica today. Erica is a gospel artist. She um, also has her own um, album. And she's uh, she branched off from her Mary Mary stuff, and she went into doing uh, her solo album with her husband uh, uh, as her producer. Uh, his name is Warren Campbell. But Erica and Tina, they grew up in California, Inglewood. I I hear that's the place. Evie, is there Inglewood where you from too? No, there's not oh. Inglewood where I'm from. It's the Inwood where I'm from. Inwood, oh, okay, not Inglewood. Inwood, okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that clarification. Yes. So they from Inglewood, California. Um, but I love Erica's music. She's also a radio host. She's also hosted so many different awards. She is um, won a Grammy several times over for all her um, for her Mary Mary albums, as well as her own independent work, but also one of the things that I love about Erica Campbell is just her real authentic heart. She and her husband, they co-pastor a church in California. I'm like, how do you run, do a radio show, co-pastor a church, be singing all the songs, 
traveling, like, and a mother of three kids. I'm like, I don't know how she does it, but when I, but she does it with grace. She does it with class. She does it with integrity. She's always speaking the truth. When I uh, watch her stuff on her Instagram, when I, she does her little clips from her show, when I see her on interviews, I just love her spirit, her love, her energy. So if you have not heard of Erica Campbell, you need to go check her out. One of my favorite songs from Erica Campbell is called Help. If you don't know it, you should check it out. She does that with um, featuring Lecrae. He's a gospel rapper or he's just a rapper. How about that? But yes, her music is enlightening. enlightening. It's encouraging. It's joyful. It's sad. It's all the things. And her spirit is all the things. So check out my girl, Erica Campbell. And that's who's invited to the kickback today. Amen. Shout out to Erica Campbell and shout out to the Mary Mary sisters. I'm not going to tell y'all that last time we did this, Sabrina thought that her name was actually, her name was actually Mary um, and didn't know that. I was that, going there, but I said it, nah. nah. I had to do it. Like, we lost the episode. It was quite hilarious. Did you hear that? Did you hear that bus that you just like run over me? That's fine, Evie. It was true. I didn't know that their names weren't Mary. And I also said, oh, I get it. They were trying to be like the sisters in the Bible, Mary, Mary. And Sharika politely reminded me that it was Mary and Martha. But we were talking about a very heavy topic. And sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> but all of you it was hilarious, though. Mary. And but you know what? They also have a Christmas album called Mary, Mary, like the name Mary, Merry Christmas. It just means mm-hmm. I thought it was a very cute situation, like two friends, both named Mary or two sisters. Okay, fine. They're not Mary and Mary. And now I've been educated. Thank you, Sharika. But Sabrina, what I want you to know is that I'm sure you're not the only person who thought that. While it was quite funny, you're probably not the only one. There's probably several people are like, Oh, they're not Mary and Mary? You know, so you don't feel alone. Everyone learns something new every day. And uh, it was quite entertaining, though, I will say. Right. Lifelong learner over here. No shame. <laughs> no shame about it. There is no shame in it. Amen. So we did want to talk to you guys about uh, the Derek Chauvin case. And um, we did, you know, we did, like we said, you know, it was a heavy topic, but we did think it was important and we wanted to uh, kind of just let you guys know some of our thoughts. And hopefully once this episode drops, you guys will put in on our socials some of your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you thought. We'd love to hear how you felt when you heard the verdict. We'd love to hear conversations that you may have had with your family or friends or, you know, people that you interact with about this. So, EB, um, can you enlighten the people? You have been our correspondent, correspondent on this, this trial for the past few weeks. So can you kind of let people know if they didn't hear, I don't know where they were, what the verdict was? Members of the jury, I understand you have a verdict. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 2012646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, 
unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. Is there a motion on behalf of the state? Move to have the court uh, revoke the defendant's bail and remand him into custody uh, pending sentence. Bail is revoked, bond is discharged, and the defendant is remanded to the custody of the Hennepin County Sheriff. All right. So, of course, um, as Sharika said, um, we'll be talking about what happened a few weeks ago or so um, with the, I don't know, I like to prefer it more so of the Derek Chauvin's case, though some have dubbed it the George Floyd trial, but he wasn't on trial. Um, he lost his life um, mm-hmm. in an unfortunate way where one person um, held his their knee on his back or restrained him for a little over nine minutes or, or so while three other officers basically stood there and watched. Mm-hmm. Um, many of you will know literally a year ago this month on May 25th um, is when this incident took place and where we saw what many would say as a shift in our world mm-hmm. um, and even listening to a podcast where they talked about like what made in a sense this death a little different than a lot of others in the way that they described it as being about two months or so into the pandemic a lot of people were still at home a lot of people didn't have the distractions of their normal life of working or doing their thing where basically everybody was able to witness this not saying people didn't have a chance to see past deaths um, but this one was slightly different. And we, we see the altercation within that video um, or the restraint at one point. Then we see how Chauvin kneels um, on Floyd's neck. And we see the, I guess, the medical response. We see nothing happens. We, for those of us who tr- follow the trial, we heard the testimonies. We heard the eyewitnesses. We saw the federal investigation. We saw the different um autopsies being revealed. We saw the failed plea, um, the failed plea bargain, so to speak. We saw the state criminal charges. We saw the way the civil rights, we saw the protests. We saw the the litigation for George Floyd's family to receive a settlement of $27 million. We saw how the city decided to take care of the whole block where he was killed. I think it was either a half a million or 750,000, something along those lines to redo that whole area with artwork and new street signs and new help those businesses out that were in a sense impacted or affected by a lot of the protests. And then it comes to the trial um, and Chauvin's trial stopped or it started um, earlier this month or not earlier this month, I'm sorry, in March and it lasted about seven or eight weeks. And we heard those closing arguments last month in April. And then we kind of all knew that, or I can say we all knew because some of us didn't know we felt that there's no way that he could be found not guilty. But there was also like, where the world kind of held its breath, so to speak, to see what actually would happen. And the jury found Chauvin guilty on all charges, those charges being including second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter, which we now know eight weeks from now, they'll be sentencing on that case. And it was also interesting on how his bail was revoked and he was taken back into 
police police custody just in case he don't be a flight risk or a danger to other people within the public. So that was kind of like, I guess, a fast forward of everything um, that took place. Um, but I don't know, I'll, I'll like to open it up to you two of saying like, what did you guys expect to happen in this case? Or how did you guys feel during it or after it was announced? Like, you know, what are your thoughts, so to speak? I, um, I kind of felt like I would not have been surprised that if he was not found guilty, but I was also, but I felt more, I was leaning more on the side that I believed that he would be. I felt like because of the cry of a lot of people in the country, I felt like um, the pressure was really on for them to do that, to really, um, really, I think the outrage, I, I just, I can't imagine how things would have been if they did not. Um, even though I, like I said, I wouldn't have been surprised. I say that because of how things have just gone in the past, but I really felt more like things were leaning towards them making that conviction. Um, but, uh, so I kind of believe that they would do that. I think I felt discouraged just because I felt there was no winner, right? Like mm -hmm. a man lost his life. George Floyd for something that should not have been a death sentence. And he lost it in a way that was really um, dehumanizing. You know, you have a young girl on video, you have your community calling the cops on the cops. You are sharing that you cannot breathe, that you are scared and you're dying and you died. And then you have this other man whether it's his pride, whether whatever the reasons mm -hmm. are, whatever the reasons are, do you have this other man who took a man's life and now his life is taken, right? Like his life is never going to be the same. You know, I think he should receive the highest punishment possible for accountability to be there. But you have two people who've lost their lives. So I didn't follow it. I feel as a protection for my mental health emotionally I'm just spent there it's not that these things don't happen and even as I'm talking to you guys I know about things happening all around the world that are gut-wrenching but when it came to the police brutality in America and specifically just shining a light on what was happening with black and brown people I just felt I I'm still upset over what happened to Trayvon Martin mm. Yes. I, I can't like even now I apologize for raising my voice. I know with the levels and editing, that's annoying. But like even now I feel my blood boil. So we had that. We had this. We had so many things. I think about Ahmad Arbery. I think mm -hmm. about the man who was sitting in his apartment and got killed because mm -hmm. it was her apartment. And it's like because these things are being pushed and this is coming from someone who admittedly doesn't necessarily watch the news growing up. That was like everyday morning thing. Like you wake up, you get ready for school. My mom had the news on. There was no choice, but I am not in that same routine. Right. But mm -hmm. even without the news, these things, what the water cooler conversation, every podcast I listen to, I'm barely on social media, but when I'm up there, not even looking for it, it's there. And I mm -hmm. spent not because I don't care. I care too. I'm not going to say you can't care too much about injustice, honestly, but I care so much. I haven't necessarily always exercised a mature way to deal with those feelings mm -hmm. so that I am protected. So I, I mean, I felt 
relieved that this man was held accountable. I also felt sad because like I said, there's no winner. And I think something that made me feel even more upset was just overanalyzing people's responses, um, which is why I tried to stay away from it. But so many people, it's like they want to find every other reason to say he was guilty besides the actual reason, was, which is that he killed a man. Mm. And it was unnecessary. Even, I mean, is there a necessary killing? We can talk about that another time. But you know what I'm saying? I saw people saying, oh, he was only charged guilty because we don't want you guys riding Target. And those same people, when Tampa Bay became Champa Bay, I didn't hear a peep about Mm -hmm. the the wildness. I saw cars, people on top of cars, windows being bust out, fires. I didn't hear anything. But those same people are like, he's only guilty. You guys really think, so he's not guilty because he killed a man. He's guilty because because we need to protect Target? Really? It's a store. It's, it's a store, but even more so, why? So like so many excuses, it's everything but the actual thing. And I've seen this a lot from um, a lot of people who have that mindset when it came to Black Lives Matter. It's like, you want to talk about the organization, you want to talk about everything but the actual thing that the black and brown mm-hmm. people face injustices. And what can we do to turn that around? What can we do to turn the conversation around? What can we do to de- decriminalize these people? You know, it's, it's always everything but the thing. So Mm -hmm. I heard about the verdict. I think maybe one of you guys texted me or, you know, I saw it briefly and honestly, I just felt sadness again, you know, yes, he was Mm -hmm. on the panel, but I felt sadness because I knew there's nothing. I mean, think about Kaepernick. He was kneeling and people really try to pretend like it was about the national anthem. These are people who can't even tell you the second verse or who wrote the song. These are people who probably wear a flag. Memorabilia. Like, you're not even supposed to wear that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you Uh guys, it's always the thing, but the actual thing. And then it just makes me wonder why the hatred towards black and brown people. If you hate us, just say that and just move on. Because all these other excuses, first of all, they're just getting weaker and weaker. And it's just sad. You want to hold on to that hatred, like Mm -hmm. just call a thing a thing. And then we can really heal together and move forward. But you're not going to do that, which is why I live in constant rage. (laughs) It's just, that was my feeling with, with the whole thing. Yeah, I just, um, I definitely understand wanting to protect your mental and emotional health because the, these things are so hard to deal with. And like, I, I don't watch the videos. I never, like if I even, even when people, like I see videos with a cop pulling up to somebody at the car, I just scroll on by. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I potentially don't want to see a death or a murder. I don't want to see it. And so I, I just, I personally, that's one of the things that I do. Like, I just can't, I can't watch it. I don't want to see it. Um, and like, I still have never seen any of the videos of any of these things because it's just too much. Um, and it does sadden me that people uh, want to point to everything but what the real thing is. And I think that definitely might come from some of their own, thoughts of not wanting to, to, uh, 
I, I don't want to say they feel guilty, but also like, I don't think they want to feel as though people see them as that way because they aren't maybe the same uh, nationality as those people that people uh, that have those uh, tendencies. But I feel like stand up for what is the right thing, period. I don't care if I saw someone that a woman, African-American from my where I was born doing something wrong that's wrong. I don't care who you are. Like you don't have just because, and I don't feel like that represents me because she's, but what does represent you is how you actually react, how you actually, what your response is to these things. So that is, kind of, I totally agree with, you know, what you're saying, Sabrina. Yeah. I want, I can't wait for the day when we don't have to be as excited about justice being justice. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Do you guys feel like this incident or this situation? Um, and I want to say change, like, of course, I know a lot of stuff are individual based. Like, it's like, you look at it as a lens of like, that was really messed up from person A or from person B or from this specific police station. Now, granted, we know since the George Floyd, um, I guess, Sent, not well he hasn't been sentenced yet since the guilty verdict has come out i'll say that since the guilty verdict have come out there have been just about um close to a dozen police shootings um that mm. have been released since then mm. um wow. but of course people don't talk about all of those um and i'm saying released because some have happened in march and then it was about a good seven or eight in the month of april alone and it probably was more but that's the one that i'm aware of like, do you think that with this, this will shift in some way, shape or form by holding people accountable? Or is this just accountability was done, but no justice will actually happen and mm -hmm. this will continue? Like, how do y'all feel about that? Ooh, uh, that's a hard one. Because in my heart, I want to believe that this is a part of change. Like, I want to believe that this is going to be an example to people who are in law enforcement to see that you're not going to get away with this, like stop doing this. And I want this to be a part of the change that, that we've been praying for, that we've been marching for, that we've been speaking out for, but, but also part of me is like, the cynical part is like, oh, let that they just quote unquote threw us a bone and now it's back to, to how it used to be. I mean, I pray that that's not what it is. But um, I, I don't know. I really, I really don't even know, Evie, honestly. For me, throw me a bone. And if it really, if really all it takes for y'all to hold people accountable is a riot here or there, then guess what? Pass me my little riot here because it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like if, which those excuses are out of this world and absolutely just stupid. Um, and usually I neglect to say that word, but it is stupid, but mm -hmm. okay. If that's the reason, then I'll take all the bones I can take. Uh, I'll write all the places I need to write because it's all fine and dandy when it's somebody you, for some people, when it's someone you don't know that's on the news, but I think about EB, I think mm -hmm. about my brother. I think mm -hmm. about any, honestly, I think about everyone as I really think about them as if it is myself. That's what God's word calls me to do as a Christian, mm -hmm. love my neighbor. So yes, I feel very passionate about George Floyd, even though I don't know him, but I know mm -hmm. not everybody moves that way. The Holy Spirit hasn't given everybody the capacity to love that deeply. 
Mm. But that is how deeply I love. That's what I'm saying. If I need to do these things for us to get justice, then okay. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, Evie, I got so distracted in my feelings. What was the original question? (laughs) No, you're good. It's it's mainly, do you think this verdict will change? Like, Like, basically, do you think more officers in a way or law enforcement professionals, whatever you want to call them, will they be hesitant on being quick to act in one way? Like I know for me, when I look at it, I see a lot of law enforcement um, agencies, or I would say a lot because I don't have a statistic on how many we have in the nation, but I see from the videos that I watch at the times that I watch some of the videos, because sometimes I have not watched videos because I'm like, I already know the end result. It's like watching a movie where you know what's going to happen. Um, but these are not movies. These are real life where people are coming to an untimely demise because of hatred, because of evil, because of sin, because of lack of judgment, yeah. because of inconsistency, because of no accountability, because they're in a space where they can do whatever they want and they know nothing will happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I wonder if we would ever get away from a shoot first, ask questions later mentality when it comes to law enforcement. And at times when I watch these videos, um, when you see videos of a cop gets out of a car in Chicago and in nine seconds, um, a kid is already fatally shot and killed you, and they're running away from you. You can't tell me that you were in a defenseless position where you had no choice. You can't tell me you were fearing for your life as you're pursuing this person. You can't tell me that this person shot at you and you just shot back. You know, it's those type of moments where I'm like, maybe maybe in this one case, I let li- little Johnny get away. I don't know if he done anything. I'm assuming because you don't know who the person is a lot of the times. I saw a suspect running away from me. Don't know the name of the suspect. Don't know the criminal record. Don't know if they did something in the past. Um, Just recently saw a video of two 15. I want to say it was a 15 and a 17 year old. Thank God they didn't die. One is he he rides his bike with like a body cam um, because he does cool videos Mm. and whatnot. And he him and his friend is riding a bike. And someone called the police and says, two guys just robbed me. But these two guys are on bikes. Both te- I only say guys, two kids, as I said, 17 and 15, riding a bike. What happens? Two law enforcement officers pulls up, pulls out their firearm, not a taser, not let me cut off the sidewalk and say, hey, don't ride past me, but pull over to the side of the road, pull out the gun and say, get off your bikes, get down. One guy say, for what? What did we do? I said, get down. His friend, you can hear it in his voice, begins to crack. Bro, just get down. We got to make it home. This is what a kid is saying to his peer. And in my mind, if a 17 and a 15-year-old can know that I might die from a law enforcement officer, that's a scary world to live into. Mm-hmm. Or if a 17-year-old or a 15-year-old can say, hey, Let me figure something out so I can make it home. You can't tell me that someone who's supposed to be a trained professional can't refrain from shooting an innocent individual, most times an unarmed individual. And then he had the nerves to tell them, I want you to crawl to me. Mm. Drop your bag only to get there and say, oh, I'm sorry. You're not the person we're looking for. Now, I don't know about you. But what do you think that's going to do to that 17 and 15 year old next time mm-hmm. they run into law enforcement officers? Very traumatized. I'm traumatized hearing it. I'm traumatized it was, hearing it. And then I'm not going to tell you all the other part, but I am. 
<laughs> I was gonna say thank you, but yeah, I guess you have, not. you have to listen to it, right? Oh Lord! Yeah. Ask the dispatcher or the dispatcher because you know you know these calls. I love public records. Sometimes people be like, "Why is this information public?" But then someday, a person bumped into me, and I think they took my purse. Not I know, not they did, not they pulled a gun on me, not I got beat up, not somebody slammed me on my head. Someone just bumped it. Two guys were, were next to me. One guy bumped into me, and I think they took my purse. You don't know if you got it or not? You don't know what Sally purse was? I don't even know if her name is Sally, but I'm just going to call her Sally because we, we, we can go ahead and make an assumption on what the race is, but I'm, I'm going to let you guess what, what race what, it is. What, what, where was Karen's not, purse? Where was Karen's purse? Karen's purse was still at the shopping center. Of course it was like homegirl with the cell phone. Karen, Karen ain't even leave. She ain't even leave the shopping center with her purse. They did, of course, they cater to her. Where, where were you? It's not in your car. They didn't have anything. Da 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 da. And then come to find out, the two people that they put the, the seventeen and fifteen year old, they were on a bike. They wasn't even the ones who bumped into her. So the one that did bump into her, he living free like, oh my bad, Long I didn't even know that happened. But now just imagine what would have went through their mind if a person would have uh -huh. rolled up on them and pulled a gun and said, get out. And I'm just sitting here like, and of course, nobody would be held accountable for that, right? I, that, that's like, the thing. And that's right the there. moment where it's like, well, you know what? We're going to take you in for a false report. Oh, reparations. You, you got a fine. You are fine. Whatever. Something. Whatever that police salary was for that hour. That call he had, like, I don't know how much police get paid, but yeah, you paying that. That's like, that's going to be your, fun. like, well, you're going to have to think twice before you call 911. Like, that's that's our money. That's our taxpayers. Now, I don't know what city it is in, but that area, that's their taxpayers' dollars. Well, that's what they pay for. For a person to alle allege that their person's missing, though it's in a shopping center, and then two kids get held at gunpoint by a law enforcement officer. Just makes no sense to me. It does, it doesn't make any sense. That being said, I do feel hopeful about the future. I do think these things will happen less and less. I mean, think about what was happening in the 70s. No one was even talking about the accountability. You know what I'm saying? And then even though we hear about these cases a lot, when I think about the percentage of the times this happens with law enforcement, it's not even half the time. The times this happened, we do need to talk about it because if people are losing their life and being traumatized like that, it's not okay. One life is too many. Mm -hmm. but I do feel hopeful because many law enforcement don't act like this. Mm -hmm. And the ones that do, they see, oh, we really might have to catch this time. We really mm -hmm. need to think twice. At least we're having the conversation. You know, yeah. there, there were years we weren't having the conversation. Now we're having a conversation. We do have a long way to go because of what the story you just told Evie, I got pulled a couple of months ago because I had a bike rack on my car and the bike wasn't on it. I had just taken it off and went to the grocery store. I was literally about two minutes from home. When I saw those blue lights, you guys, I didn't even know I was afraid of cops. I told you, I dialed Doug's number so fast. I literally started hyperventilating. It was a black cop who pulled me. When he was walking up, I had both, I was gripping white knuckles, the steering wheel. I was afraid to roll down my window. I was talking to Doug. I was almost in tears. And I was like, Doug, he was like, what do you want me to do? I was like, you need to come over here. He was like, because I was literally at the top of the neighborhood. I just felt like immediately, like I could die in this moment. Mm. I knew I hadn't been speeding. It was night. I just, and that's ridiculous. That I think mm. my first thought when they're pulling me, obviously, 
if I'm calling them because I'm in a situation, hopefully that's not my thought. But honestly, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I told you guys a million times what happened to my dad. We were at, in a situation, someone called the cops on another man who happened to be Caucasian. And when the cops came in, they went straight for my dad. And the people in the store had to be like, no, not him. <laughs> like, what the F? So we, I am hopeful about the future. I don't love where we're at now, but I'm hopeful. And I think that's all yeah. we can be. Like we stay, um, I guess all things considered, praying that mm-hmm. the only one that can actually make the changes that we want to see. Um, and I say want to, um, I, I don't think God doesn't want to, but God is the, yeah. I guess, the powerful being in all of this. Um, so I pray for hearts of repentance, mm-hmm. for those who continue to provide a sense of injustice to minorities, black and brown people, um, especially for the way that we just process our actions, um, where situations like, not only the situation like a George Floyd or Amar Arbery or Trayvon Martin or um, a Micaiah Bryant or Jordan mm-hmm. Bell or Oscar, like all of these, I can go name, name after name after name where these not only should it happen, Brianna but for whatever Taylor, reason, yeah. But whatever mm-hmm. reasons, if they are or if they do happen, that people are held accountable. Yes. Like even as Sabrina mentioned earlier, the story of um, I think her name is Amber Guy- Geiger and the situation with both them jeans. Just imagine like you can't walk in. I can't walk into another person's apartment and just sit down mm-hmm. and lounge or end up shooting or killing someone and say, oh, I thought this was my apartment. Exactly. Like that, that's not going to go. That's not going to fly. Like just imagine if I go into... I don't have an account on Wells Fargo, but let, imagine EB goes into Wells Fargo. I thought this was my bank. I know they got money <laughs> in it. It's shaped like my Bank of America bank. I need my money. Like, I'm going to jail. Right. right? Like, there's nothing I can do about that. Even or, if you hit somebody on an accident driving your car and you kill somebody, you are responsible. It doesn't matter if it's an accident, quote unquote. If you kill somebody, accidental or not, depend. Sometimes you are still responsible for that death. And most times you are. Just because yeah. like, it'll have to be like a freak accident where you're and not that's held what I'm like in those, but majority of the time you should have been paying attention. You were in the you were in the car. You should be looking around. Like you it, you can't just be like, oh, I didn't see them. Oh, oh, it was an accident. No, you're still responsible. Are you guys ever curious? Because you know, the conversation sometimes leans itself to well, it doesn't just happen to black and brown people. My thought when it comes to that part of the conversation is why are black and brown people the one we have to see over and over on TV then? It happens. Well, also... That's, that's exactly how I feel, right? So we all know that law enforcement officers kill all types of races. Mm-hmm. We know that. So for me, when that happens, I don't care if it was a white person. It shouldn't happen. I don't care if yeah, it was an Asian period. person. It shouldn't happen. Like them killing unarmed people should never happen in my mind. Now you're talking about an armed situation, a police getting shot at and they shoot back. Hey, that's between them. Now, granted, I kind of live by a code of that should not kill. And so I, some days I wonder, like, and I say wonder Mm -hmm. in a sense, like if I was at the pearly gates at the entry, where God is at, like, how is he dealing with our law enforcement officers? How is he dealing with our military professionals? Mm -hmm. How is he dealing with doctors who do malpractice? Like, what does that look like for those people when it comes to thou shalt not kill? I don't know. And that's why he's God and he gets to make those decisions. But in my mind, I don't know how many times I've seen a white or an Asian or even a Mexican person get blasted on TV day in and day out. So why, like, why does mainstream media traumatize 
the world, not just us. Like you really traumatize mm-hmm. me because I see somebody who looks like me or somebody who looks like my spouse or somebody who looks like one of my sisters or somebody who looked like Sharika or Sabrina or somebody who looked like a niece or a nephew. Why, why does mainstream media plaster that? I can tell you that there's not a mainstream media network in this world, even those on the continent of Africa that is ran by a melanated person who looks like me. Mm. So maybe you should go blame those rich white folks who run Fox, who run CNN, who yeah. run MSNBC, who run NBC, who run all of these places. Cause I don't tell them to put it on. I don't like seeing it, but I also don't like it happening. Yeah. And also to that point, which I've heard EB say this before too, it's like, but when they are, do kill those people who are not people of color, they'd be, they're more likely to be held accountable than when they do, when they kill people who are not people, of, who are people of color. They, they get away with it. Yeah. And the other thing I would say, when they are killing other people, and I just say it for like white people, like if they're killing somebody who looks like you, why are you not protesting? Are okay. you that okay and that content with life being so normal that people should just die? Um, especially like untimely yeah. deaths like that. Like murdered. I, I protest or I speak out or I advocate because I see someone who looks like me. Um, if I knew some of the stories of some of the others, I probably would do the same. But you know what? Yeah. The people who like, run the mainstream media, they're not on that. And I don't have time to be on Google searching every time <laughs> there's a police shooter. Because if I did, I'd be on Google 24-7. Mm-hmm. Because there's countless ones that happen every single day. Like even right now, we're, let me see, what, about 120 plus days into 2021. And there has been more mass shootings in America mm-hmm. than days this year. Right. So you just imagine that you can't tell me every mass shooting that has happened. So I wouldn't be able to tell you every police shooting that happens either. And a mass shooting, as we know, is described as four or more people either injured or wounded in one setting. But just imagine there's been over 120 of those just in 2021. But for some of our friends, and I'm not saying to go out here confiscating guns. I'm not I'm not on that either. Um, I think people should have the right to figure out how they protect themselves and you do as you please. But in my mind, you can't tell me that there should be no type of gun laws. You shouldn't tell me that people should be walking freely and aimlessly out here. Like in my, some days I even think, what would our world look like every time you have to go renew your driver's license? You got to retake the test. Because there's some people who don't need to be on the road. Yeah. It's like there's some people who don't need to be shooting. Like what yeah. would it look like if every time you had to go renew your gun license, you had to go back to the range and show some form of, I guess, articulation to your gun or some t- form of accuracy but like, because some of these people aren't trained. Like, so that's why mm. you see countless people dying because they just shooting everywhere. But what would it look like if you just sat there and you're like, I want to see if you can actually hit this target. But I'm in the mental health stuff, like yeah. the mental health tests and things like that. Which, you know, we would probably never get on that because there's some people who don't even think that mental health is a problem. Mm-mm-mm. Like there's some people who don't even see that as a problem. They just think that that's that person. Um, but yeah, oh no, I just know we still have a long way to go and yeah. um, thankful for the accountability. Um, but I, I don't know if I necessarily see it as justice for George Floyd or his family, um, or even that settlement of $27 million. Like that money is not bringing him back. No, um, there's still a daughter who will never be able to physically see her dad again. Um, in my mind, every time you hear of a police shooting, just because we've seen it happen in the past where these names get repeated. And I'm wondering for her as a kid, um, when she becomes a teenager, when she goes to high school, when she's a young adult, when she's a young professional, like 
that's how likely she will remember. And I'm not saying she won't remember her dad in another light, but because of how young he is, how young she is, like that's what will be plastered every time George Floyd is Derek Chauvin's knee being on his neck. Um, so I'm thankful for those who have done the great artwork of him either smiling or him just chilling mm. or him being in his space. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's one of those just interesting things. And then if y'all remember when we talked about it a while ago, just thinking about this is a person who actually worked for the same organization that we work for today. Mm. Um, he was a housing monitor at a shelter um, and seemed to be very, very loved by that community, watching people within that Minnesota or Minneapolis area um, go on a walk, um, seeing a group of them get together for the verdict as they posted pictures mm. on their social media. Shout out to the pastors of that local community to bring people together to watch the verdict at their local chap chapel. And it's just one of those things of like, just this shouldn't be the reason why some of us come together. It's just sad and unfortunate situation. Yeah. Well, in that same vein today for Mindful Matters, I want to briefly speak about ways to release and overcome emotional pain through awareness. There's a quote that says, you have to feel it to heal it. And honestly, in a lot of situations, that could not be more true. Emotional pain, it just feels different for everyone. And strong emotions can trigger the fight or flight response, which can make your entire body tense up. So you may feel sensations in various parts of your body, such as tightness in your stomach, throat, or chest. You may feel your heart pounding or shortness of breath, trembling or shaking. And in severe cases, you may even experience a panic attack. While this can feel uncomfortable and intimidating at first, it really is essential that you take a moment to sit and breathe and bring awareness to what's happening in your body and acknowledge your feelings. You can't just ignore them, right? So a good thing to do is gently begin to talk yourself through it, name those things. And as Christians and any Christians who are listening, not only naming those things, but then speaking scripture in that moment that can comfort you and give you strength in those hard times. So give yourself permission to feel what comes up. That's the main thing. Like I know I say, I try to avoid watching certain things or whatever, but then I do feel comfortable. And I kind of, even when I don't feel comfortable, kind of force myself to say, no, I feel upset mm. or I feel like nobody won or I feel sad or I feel intimidated and scared when the cops pull me for whatever reason. And it's okay to, feel those things and put a name on those things. But then it doesn't stop there, right? Acknowledge in that moment, you are safe. Like your emotions, even though you can definitely have a physical response, they can't kill you, right? Those emotions can't harm you. So just begin to take slow, deep breath and allow yourself to feel so that you can heal. Evie, what are you expounding on today? What am I expounding on today? Um, so quick question for both of you. When you think about your local school district, what comes to mind? Like if you think about the city you grew up in, the high school, like when you think, oh, that's where the school board is. What, like, what do you think about for the school board? The school um, board? Go ahead, Sabrina. Uh, I'm just clarifying. The school board or just the first thing that comes to mind when I think of school? I'll say school, school or school board, however you want to answer it. Uh, I think about the principals and the guidance counselors who are like just really there for us. Hey, that's what's up. Okay. Sharika, I think for the school board, school? I think um, for the local schools, I just think of a place of education and the school board, I think of hopefully, I, I think of 
people who are in place to help uh, students be their best, make things equitable, make things, um, you know, pro help prov make sure resources are provided um, for just optimal learning opportunities for the kids in the, in the schools. Okay, okay, I like that. Shout out to you for that answer. Now, how about your local sheriff? Um, the sheriff uh, should be sheriffing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I haven't about Chad Conister in a while. Um, he should be out there making sure the community is safe, making sure his people is doing what they're supposed to be doing and not acting a fool. Um, that's what I think about the sheriff. Okay. I don't think about the sheriff, Evie. Yeah, I really don't, don't either, but him. I would assume that's what he should be doing. The sheriff should be out there sheriffing. All right. Um, <laughs> it's so unfortunate when you have to expound on certain situations, only because in my mind, it's like this should not be happening in no place or no world anywhere. Now, I don't know about you, but as a college graduate, I would say, I don't know, do I say three times? Because I got my AA, my bachelor's, and my master's. Okay. All right, um, sir. I don't know. <laughs> just a little bit. Actually, um, by the time y'all listen to this episode, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, I'll actually be an official college graduate because I'll be Friday, May the 7th, or whatever Friday, the first week of that first Friday in May is. Um, I'll be actually walking across a stage graduating. So shout out to that. But when I think about the U.S. Department of Education, I think about one, Shout out to them for doing zero interest on student loans because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm, um, or mm -hmm. shout out to past and current president. Um, Trump made sure they do that, I say. And uh, Biden is continuing that. Mm -hmm. But I also think about how they provide some sense of resources for people to further their education. Now, what I don't think about is the amount of investigations they open up on colleges and universities in elementary and middle and high schools across this nation. What? Now they recently opened an investigation into whether the Pasco School District broke federal law by sharing private student information with the Pasco Sheriff's Office. Now for our listeners, in my mind, the fact that they shared private student information lets me know that they broke the law. Like, there's no reason why the local sheriff should have private student information of any student. Like, just the key word private is there. I don't know. That's just me. I'm not in, I'm a, I'm not in the court of law, but I am in the court of public opinion. And my public opinion is that is ridiculous that the local sheriff has private information on students within the Pasco School District. Now, a story was released that the school district shared information on student grades, on discipline, and attendance with the sheriff's office, which use the data to compile a secret list of school children it believed could fall into a life of crime. The Federal Education Department is now looking into the arrangement that these two parties had with one another. Now, in my mind, I'm not sure what you actually looking into if there is a paper trail of this information being shared between these two agencies, the local school district and the local sheriff offices. I would say that this is not only disheartening, but it's also degrading and disturbing. Um, evidence even shows that the schools dis 
proportionately suspend or expel Black and Latino students more frequently than their white peers for similar offenses. So when people sit here and try to toss around that there's no, meaning none, meaning zilch, meaning nada, sense of systemic racism, just imagine if you're one race or one background and someone else is another race in another background, we do the same exact thing, but one race seems to get a harsh or more harsh, because some of y'all might be like, harsher is not a word, more harsh penalty than another. I don't know about you, but I don't know what you call it. I would call it a sense of racism because it would be great. I really would prefer that no kids get expelled. I understand suspension, but I think we can find ways to work around expulsion. But mm. I would think that all students, white, black, brown, Asian, whatever colors you want to name or put people in, those six or seven that we have across our nations, we just say all people or all humans will be expelled for the same offenses. I would assume that that would just be something written um, in stone. It's one of those things that I just, again, don't understand why a local sheriff's office would want private student information. Now, if it was voluntary, where a parent or guardian said, hey, I need you to talk to my son because he keeps acting up, or maybe it's the local sheriff's office who shows up at the school and say, hey, we want to see your report cards because we're trying to create some form of a juvenile prevention program. And we want to start now at the elementary, middle, high school level. Or maybe it's a sense of, hey, kids, your local sheriff's office want to reward those with good attendance or with good grades. Then maybe that's a different story. And that's those kids either showing their good grades or maybe it's a parent signing off a waiver saying, yes, you can share this information. But when a parent has to find out that this happened because someone leaked the story or someone within either the school district or the sheriff's office say, this isn't right. Let me go tell our local newspaper. Shout out for Tim Bay Times for actually running this story. Shout out to Bay News 9 for actually covering this story because they could have held that to their chest. But it's one of those things that's just mind boggling that this is even happening or that we're even having this discussion and that parents are maybe wondering, is my kid going to be a future statistic within mm -hmm. Pasco County because of the way that the shady business of our local sheriff and our local superintendent? Because I'm assuming that these two people would have to sign off on this. I don't, I don't know. Or if this happened at a lower level and people were just sharing information, like I feel like all parties within this situation should be fired. You want to expel mm -hmm. students? I feel like they should be fired because I, I don't know, like it shouldn't even be an investigation and the investigation. I don't think it should happen from the Department of Education. I think it should be happening with the FBI mm -hmm. because it's, if, if they broke federal law, then that should be like you're not getting arrested by the Department of Education. Like the FBI should be investigating this breach of information or this breach of security or this breaking the law of the or breaking this federal law. And I believe that all parties should be held accountable and charges should be filed and conviction should happen. And whatever is due them in the court of law um, should be to those who do it and their superiors because it happened on your watch. Mm. I don't know. It's just frustrating because I don't think there's no reason why that should be happening. 
You know what, Evie, when you were saying of the things that what they could possibly be doing, I was thinking, you know, those would be great ways that they could be involved in the community. Those are those things I think would be wonderful. Like it would help young kids to know they aren't against us. They are for us. And they would also help them to be like, you know what? These aren't murderers and this and that. These are kids and they will, you know, to be involved, if they were actually involved in the schools in those positive ways, like that would be a beautiful thing for the community. That would really, I think, would be wonderful. And it's unfortunate that they're not using these opportunities to do that kind of stuff. And they're doing this other kind of foolishness. Like, man, I was just thinking, wow, that would be, if you like, if they really were like showing up and, being in the schools and being a sense of support for these kids and, you know, being invested in these kids' lives, getting to know them. And so, you know, as they grow up in their communities, like that would be excellent, but yet they use their time for foolishness. That is just really just sad. It is sad. You know, they could, like Edie was saying, take that information and do something good with it. Mm -hmm. But instead it's like, okay, let's just, it reminds me of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. you know, take information and then just go ahead and build the prisons or set up the jail cells for these persons instead of doing any of those things that Evie I'm mm -hmm. sure Evie probably took 30 seconds to think of those less mm -hmm. maybe a little more but y'all are on the taxpayers dollars and that's the best y'all could come out with okay. the best and it's frustrating because awesome. even, even for us we had talked about it a little bit about like our school and the dare programs that they had and i know for me it wasn't like a trigger that was like officer about like officer bowden or officer young like i want to be a police officer but it definitely was always a good vibe like mm -hmm. elementary school I, I remember officer bowden like the jokes that he used to crack the way he used to talk about what drugs would do to you the little i guess i won't say mimicking but in a sense the I don't even know. I guess it'll be mimicking of how you will respond to certain drugs. It'll be like funny mm -hmm. of like, if you're high, this is how you're going to move. This is how you're going to think. And for some people, you might be woozy and feeling it. Or for some, you might be slumped over. Or when you're drunk, this is what happens. And it's on and on. And it's like, as they get older, they begin to see so many different things at their fingertips. Um, just even recently listening to a podcast about Generation Z. Like for us as millennials, we grew up getting to phones at a certain point in our life many for probably middle school or high school, but kids now are born with smartphones. We didn't have smartphones. We had phones, but they weren't smartphones. Mm -hmm. But now they have at their fingertips, right. literally everything. So they get to see the ins and outs of how many law enforcements respond or react to a lot of different situations. But if they were to pour into the lives of these young people, I can only imagine what it would do or even the positive impact that mm -hmm. it could make. Um, maybe mm -hmm. not on the whole world, but definitely on that local community. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what I have for that. And um, I hope you guys just really, as always, and we always say this at the kickback, do your own research, do your own diving in, do your own seeking of information. Mm -hmm. um, and as we think about that, what do you guys have for our kickbackers to um, what we recommend for the folks? I want to recommend goodblacknews.org for positive news and interesting stories about black and brown people all over the world. Good Black News was founded in 2010 via people on Facebook who were just like, you know what, this should be a thing. And they were so right. You can find them obviously at goodblacknews.org, but also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Flipboard. 
I don't know what Flipboard is. <laughs> you guys do. You can find some good Black news there. It is a labor of love, and the founder, editor-in-chief, and staff are all unpaid volunteers. They even have a link on their page to be connected to them via email for giveaways, announcements, and or updates. So go sign up, guys, and visit goodblacknews.org. Visit the page every day if you have to, to help our culture take a shift from the negative to the positive for black and brown people. We need those positive stories to be told and to be hyped up as much as the negative ones are. It really reminds me of my time at Asbury. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said the name, but it is what it is. This was just my experience. It was a Christian university. I only survived there for a year and a half. But one of the things, the one of the conversations I had when I was there was, Students telling me that I wasn't like a regular black person. And when I asked why, they said, because you're not stupid. You can hold your own <laughs> conversation. I was I was making this up. I'm not. I was shocked into silence. And I really wanted to slap a blank. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't do that because then it would have been everything they stereotyped my people to be. It's never a compliment when you call a, per a black person an Oreo, when you're like, oh, well, you're black on the inside, but white on the, black on the outside, white on the inside. And usually the people who say that, they will then attribute all of your positive qualities to mm. being white. And it's like, no, look, open your eyes. I'm just a black person who has positive qualities. It really has nothing to do with the color of my skin, but you are so ignorant and you want to hold so tight to your discriminatory beliefs that you rather just say I'm white than just be like, oh, not all black people are the way I saw in the movie Friday or whatever it was. So when this kind of ignorance shows up in your life, hit them with goodblacknews.org. You don't even have to say anything. You can just walk away. Sharika, E.B., what are y'all recommending today? Black Mental Wellness Corp. To find out about, well, for a lot of reasons, mental health, we talked a little bit about it, but also as you, as we've talked about, there's so many things that have been going on and it is a, an attack sometimes on our mental health. So if you feel triggered, if, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel just hopeless, Get mental health. So I just encourage you to check out Black Mental Wellness Court. All right, for me, um, I know, some, and I know both of you actually read, but I know Sharika, you'd be more on the audiobook side like me, but I'm asking mm -hmm. Sabrina this one mostly. Would you say 204 pages is a lot of pages for a book? Absolutely not. Okay, just making sure. So I'm recommending two, but really just one, right? So this documentary is inspired by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s final book, which his book was titled, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? And when I think about that, I think about the world that we're living in and the world that I want to be a part of within my, I would say my beliefs, um, my faith beliefs, believing in God, where I don't wanna be in a place of chaos, but I definitely want to be in a place of community. And this film that I'm going to recommend is inspired by that book. Paper City is just a 45. And I know some of y'all are like, Ebe, I ain't got 45 minutes. You just listen to this. So I know you got 45 minutes. A 45 minute documentary and educational program about the American dream and the school to prison pipeline. The nationwide phenomenon in which high school dropout rates coincide with mass incarceration of urban youth. 
created by educators from two national youth programs, which is City Year and the Help Increase the Peace Project. This new program is designed to inspire communities to achieve the American dream as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. envisioned. So if you don't think that the school to prison pipeline is real, if you don't think that what we just talked about in the expound portion about, I guess you could say law enforcement officers and diving into school grades and trying to figure out a secret list of names to see who will be lead to a life of crime, I can encourage you to just watch this dot of Paper City and see just how our nation is built up on this evil side of what I would consider greed because of the money that they get out of these prisons and also a sense of just carelessness because they're not even trying to find ways to prevent this. They're finding ways to encourage or increase this system of keeping people in a sense of bondage, so to speak. That is what I got for you guys today. Those are some awesome recommends. And I, myself, I have not heard of blackmentalwellness.com or I haven't seen the Paper City movie. So I'll definitely dive in. Thank you. It's a lot of things I can definitely say, but one of them that I'm going to share that I hope, especially those of you who are drivers, um, I'm definitely going to say, just don't drink and drive. Um, I, know, I could have said that in the We Recommend part, but I wanted to close out with that only because it has to be somewhere in Florida again. But a Florida woman who was already on probation and was on probation for DUI and was on probation for DUI manslaughter mm. was clocked at 111 miles per hour before another deadly crash. And this time, wow. and I could I could have expounded on this, it was somewhat interesting. I, don't even, I can't even say that. I'm sorry. I can't even say it was interesting because it's not interesting. The person that died in the car that she was driving was her cousin. So at mm. about 1.30 in the morning in the lovely city of Tampa, right here in Hillsborough County, a state trooper clocked a driver um, at 111 miles per hour. Of course, person doesn't pull over, tries to run away, ends up crashing the car, and then her cousin um, dies at the scene. If you just see the vehicle, the front and the back is basically smushed in. And I'm just wondering in my mind, mm. for somebody who was already on probation for this, in my mind, why does she even have a license? Or if she was driving, because I didn't read all the way into it. But in my mind, what happens to this family as a whole? Like I'm just mm. thinking like, yeah, I know this is your daughter, but we cousins. Like, how does this, in a sense, this funeral happen? Like, it's just so many different things that comes mm. to my mind. And then I'm thinking of the other people. You have a, um, you know, you just have a 19 and, well, the 22-year-old 20, was the one who passed away. The 19 and the 20-year-old were are in the hospital in serious injuries. And the 24-year-old is the one who is a D, like a, the DUI, on DUI probation. So you're the oldest acting, I won't even say acting like the youngest because some of our young people act better than some of the older people. But you're the oldest mm -hmm. of, your four, of the four of you guys. And just what does this do to this family again? What does it do to this 19 to 20-year-old 20, 20 who probably don't know that this 22-year-old that they're in the car with is now deceased? And it's just so much that goes into just simple situations and it's not simple as in like something that could have been avoided um no reason mm -hmm. to be an intoxicated driver um uber lyft call a friend let somebody else drive i don't know but just be safe when you guys are out there and i'm mm -hmm. partially thinking about that as we get ready to dive into um these summer months um for some of our college kids mm -hmm. especially those of us because i know there's a lot of college kids who listen but y'all finna be free um out of school for a little bit so 
Memorial weekend, July 4th, these holidays, this vacation, this splurging, um, hot girl summer, whatever you want to call it, that y'all got going on. Just be safe in these people's streets. Um, and yeah. as always, um, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. We're adjourned.